Hello, friends. Welcome to Exploring the Scriptures of Springdale Baptist Church. This week, Brother Cody brings us a message from Acts chapter 8, where he talks about the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip and the importance of God's Word. Now here's Brother Cody with the message. Thank you, man, for an opportunity. I love, love opportunities to come up here and speak. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, you're thinking, great, uh, Brother Cody's going to do another one of those things where he tells us to go and share the gospel um, with everybody, and, and it's pretty rough, and he hits us pretty hard. And uh, Maybe there will be some elements of that, especially if you know where we're going tonight. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8, uh, and it is an awesome opportunity to encourage evangelism, but I, wanna, I actually want to talk about something else tonight uh, within this same passage that I think is... Uh, just as important in the life of a believer. Um, I want to talk with you, though, for just a second um, about my weekend and uh, my study time. Uh, you know, y'all, I have literally done a million things this weekend, and I'm not just saying that. So um, a while back, Hannah was on me about building some shutters at our house. It's something that she's Literally, she's been wanting for like a couple years, and we got our house built, and I just sat down, and I never got back up, and uh, some of the guys are shaking their head. They know exactly what I'm talking about, but anyways, um, I finally get off the couch, and so we build the shutters, and it's in the last week, we, or the last two weeks, we built the shutters, we hung a barn door up, um, so many different projects uh, that we've done. Is that Was that about it? Well, anyways, I've got a insatiable desire to work on something now and I know that it's not going to stick around so I'm trying to use it while it's here right so anyways uh, I, there's a we tiled a backsplash back last year and uh, behind our stove and so I wanted to do another wall in our kitchen and so this week I go buy the stuff because right now I'm just you know I've just got a, a hankering to do some is that a, is that a real word hankering I've got a hank yeah we're in the south it works I've got a hankering to do some projects, and so I go buy the stuff. Well, if you know anything about tiling, you've got to tile one day, and you've got to let that dry, and then you come back and grout it the next. Well, I had all my stuff. Everything was going good. I wasn't 100% sure that the grout color that I bought was the same one I used because it had been over a year, but whatever. I was going to go with it. And so, anyway, it ended up being the same one, just for the record. But... Um, I, tile, I lay all the tiles, and then it was on Thursday, and then Friday, I'm on my way home from work, and my truck starts making a uh, ridiculous noise, and y'all, it's got a million miles on it, and I've hardly ever had to do anything to it, so it's fair that it's giving me trouble now. It's been a, a huge blessing, but anyways, um, I'm like, great, another project that I didn't want, you know, and so needless to say, uh, my Friday and Saturday, I got everything grouted, I got the truck fixed, I drove it here, and I made it, so I think we're okay. But you know, so many things happen, and our lives can get so busy sometimes. Sometimes we plan it, you know, like the tiles, I planned them, but sometimes we don't plan it, like the truck, you know, and they can get so busy, and they can, um, can just be bumpy, to say the least. And so with that being said, keep that in mind, and we're going to turn to Acts chapter 8. Uh, together, starting in verse 26. Acts chapter 8, 20, verse 26. This morning, Brother Stacy went into the very first verses uh, in Acts chapter 8. And then after that, we, have, we had this guy, Philip, 
Uh, Stacy read a little bit about him, went down to the city of Samaria, Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Uh, he ends up encountering a man, a magician named Simon. Simon ends up in believe, uh, believing in the gospel and uh, coming to faith in Christ. He gets into some sin, he repents, and so we find ourselves here. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is more than likely what this is titled in your Bible. Okay, And I'm just going to read all this, we're going to come back through it, Okay, just so you get a context of what's going on. So, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent, uh, yet he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe... This generation for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? Is this about himself or is it about someone else? And then beginning, and then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Okay, stop right there. All right, and uh, I want to I first point something out to you. Y'all, the word of God is so precious, okay? And, and sometimes... Uh, we have to maybe be a little intentional about making sure we have some daily time in this word and in this book, okay? But I, I want to point something out to you. Now, the obvious here is Philip, right? This guy who's listening to the voice of the Lord and he's going, but maybe what's not so obvious and what's not sticking out um, so much is um, the eunuch. This guy is reading the word. He's reading the word on a carriage ride, okay? Now, all I want to say is, when I, you know, I talked about life getting a little bumpy. This carriage does not have the same shocks that your Toyota or your Chevrolet in the parking lot has, okay? This is a bumpy ride, and this man has his copy of God's Word open, and he is reading the prophet, however difficult that may be. He is open, he's got it open, and he's trying. Let's, let's, here's a quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon. It says, the Bible... The whole Bible and nothing but the Bible is the religion of Christ's church. Uh, I want you to think of it like this. The Bible is like the map of the Christian faith and the gospel is the central point. Okay? The Bible is so critical and we should read it every day, but just like this Ethiopian eunuch situation, sometimes our lives can get a little bumpy, right? And, and, which is, like I said, this is what the eunuch, he knew a thing or two about Bumpy, especially on this carriage ride right here, when he's being intentional about reading the words of the prophet Isaiah. I got another quote from Charles Spurgeon right here, and it says this, There is enough dust on some of your Bibles to write damnation with your fingers. That's a tough one. That's a, let, that, let that one soak. That one's tough. Uh, when I saw it, man, it was tough for me. But see, this eunuch, he was taking a carriage ride, reading the Word of God. I don't even know what the lighting situation is. You know, sometimes we, we, we will not even read the Word, even in our 
perfect little reading nook at our house with the most beautiful lighting and the awesome background. You know what I'm saying? Um, but this guy taking this carriage ride back from Jerusalem is being intentional about reading the Word. Uh, this bumpy road did not keep the eunuch from God's Word. I, I know it had to have been um, difficult, but I just, I just want us to think sometimes the smallest thing, the smallest thing will keep us from reading God's Word. can keep us away from the smallest thing. The smallest little hiccup come up or something comes up in our life and it will keep us away from our daily Bible reading. And I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, is that the first thing to go in my day? If I get a hiccup, if I get something going on, is that the first thing to go, right? And I want to remind you, too, a question that kind of came to my mind. Guys, if we don't take time to invest in something, how will it ever prosper? That's anything. That's not just our knowledge of the Word. So point number one, point number one, make time for the Word. This eunuch here in verse 28, he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. However difficult that may have been, we can only imagine, but... He was reading the prophet Isaiah. He was making time and being intentional about the Word. Point number two, be transformed by the Word. All right? Be transformed by the Word. In verse number um, 35, Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the Scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. Okay? That is the transforming point here. Uh, one thing I want to say, God blesses our time in the Word by giving us revelations. Okay, and, and what I mean by revelations are like, they're like little unveilings where He pulls the curtain back and shows you something. Uh, I, countless times. I know, I know uh, Hannah's been rocking Livy to sleep. I've been over there in, in my daily Bible reading, and I'll read something, I'll be like, what just happened? And I'll literally say that out loud, and she'll be like, shh. I'm like, sorry, because she's, she's trying to get the baby to sleep. But y'all, I have seen some of the most amazing things, and they come in these little revelations. I'm just reading, and then I see something that lined up over here, and this other guy wrote this 700 years before, and then it's lining up right here, and it's just the most amazing thing ever. I hope some of you guys have experienced some of that, because literally, it is awesome and mind-blowing. Um, but um, God gives us these little unveilings that help transform our understanding of who He is and what it is that he does in our lives. And so this eunuch was reading a passage from Isaiah 53 uh, about the suffering servant, the one who would be slaughtered and, and not defend his innocence. Um, and obviously you and I know, because we have the New Testament, we know that this is Jesus, but the eunuch, he, he did not have that uh, at this time. And so what he had was a revelation that was sent to him in the form of a man who did know. All right? A man who did know. And so... Um, the eunuch, in his intentional reading, in his time, his time of the Word where he's reading, he's, he's wondering, who is this? Who is this talking about? What's going on? Philip walks up, and, uh, and Philip shows him, hey, this is, this is the Christ. Beginning with the Scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. Hey, this is a prophecy from Isaiah from 700 plus years ago about this one who just came, Jesus Christ. Have you heard of him? And he told him the good news. Hey, he died for your sins. Great exchange, greatest thing ever. See, the eunuch had a picture, a small little picture, okay? But Philip showed him a person, the person, the person of Jesus Christ. He had an idea, but Philip brought it the whole way, and it was God working through Philip. 
And it was God working in this time of, of reading the word by the eunuch. Okay? As a result, now Philip has a much clearer understanding of God and more specifically the person of Jesus. He now understands that love, love had no limits when it came to him and when it came to God. He now understands that there was that God himself clothed himself in flesh and came down and died for his salvation. That is life-changing. He was absolutely transformed. By the word, Romans 12, 2, a direct command from God says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that work? How is our mind renewed? It's by the word of God, folks. That's how we renew our minds. We get the, we get the world out, we get the word in. That's how it works. Maybe in reverse, get the word in, world out. Right? But that's it. That's the goal. And so, like I said, now this Ethiopian eunuch, he has a... a person to put with his story he has the person of jesus christ um and so he has found salvation he has found the ultimate revelation uh and, and a amazing transformation and you know I, you can kind of think about it like this you know he's reading this uh, we know obviously that, he, that we're talking about jesus here but you can imagine this kind of like putting together uh, a piece of uh, furniture that you might buy at like walmart or ikea or something anybody ever been through that you know, you have the instructions. You got an idea of a way this is supposed to go. And if you're anything like me, you say, this is going to take 20 minutes, and then I'm going to be having a sandwich watching TV. And then three hours later, I'm furious. You know what I'm saying? But listen, listen. In the instructions, you have a picture. You have an idea. But you, my friend, are forever changed by that experience of putting that piece of furniture together. It's all about... Um, uh, it's a deeper understanding. You see what I'm saying? A much deeper understanding. And that's what the eunuch had. So he was transformed by the Word of God. Point number three, trust the Word. Now, now we're about to get really, really deep here, okay? So I just need everybody to just, I think I always say the metaphorical seatbelt. Just put that dude on because we're going to talk. Because this passage of Scripture contains something that uh, is, is pretty wild, pretty mind-blowing, okay? So I want to show you guys this. I want to show you that we can trust the Word, okay? All right, so here's the deal. This Bible uh, is, a, is absolutely a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path, a beautiful display of love, uh, perfect justice, saving grace. Um, each word, literally, if we believe it, is 2 Timothy 3.16. It's all been breathed out directly by God, okay? And it's here for us, and it's for our good. Uh, and I promise you it is good, it is trustworthy and true, even though some parts, some parts are very carefully examined. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that, okay? Just for a second, how many different versions do we have here? Okay, raise your hand if you've got the old King James version in your hand right now. New King James? Okay. Uh, how about, uh, let's go with uh, ESV, like I've got. Got the ESV, okay. Um... New American Standard, okay, HCSB, the Holman Christian Standard, all right, how about the NIV, anybody got that one, okay, all right, if you look in your Bible, okay, and you have anything other than the KJV, the NKJV, or the New American Standard, you're going to notice that Acts 837 is not in your Bible, go ahead and look right now, and you're going to see that, just take a second to let that soak in, it's not in there. Okay, it's also not in mine. So, uh, like I said, 
It's in the footnotes. All right. Now, here's the deal. Um, it's at the bottom for, for any of us who do not have those versions. It's not in the main text of your Bible. Um, so the way this works is um, each of the versions are based on different manuscripts, which are based on autoscripts. And autoscripts were written directly by the person who writes it. Manuscripts are copies, okay? So the way things would work back then is either people would copy the original document or a copy of a copy, or either a story would be verbally passed down from generations until it was penned, okay? And so we would come up with manuscripts and, and, and um, autoscripts. Um, more specifically, what we have for the New Testament is manuscripts, and we have manuscripts that, I'm telling you, they're, they're within... Uh, written, written within 40 years of Christ, which is astounding uh, and very, very close. Um, closer more so than, than other things in history, and I'll show you that in a second. But I want to show you that even in the wake of this, this controversy that has apparently brought Acts 8.37 to not be in some of our Bibles and to be in other Bibles. By the way, there's other verses that are like that. By the way, Mark chapter 16, if you go look at it, in most versions it's in brackets. Okay, it's in there, but it's in brackets, and there's a reason for this, okay? And I just want to show you this, because I want to strengthen your faith and your trust in this, uh, that this word is still true and it's still good, okay? All right, so um, what happens is, whenever people go to translate the word, they use different manuscripts, okay? Not everything is directly translated from the King James Version, as people might People might think different manuscripts are used, different manuscripts are found, and they're dated at different times in history. And I know I'm just using a bunch of big words and maybe just trying not to get lost here. But um, they're compared with newer, newer manuscripts or compared with older manuscripts, okay? And what happens is, and I've heard this actually from somebody who's been on a translating committee before, uh, oftentimes words like we and us and they are very commonly changed throughout the writings of the manuscripts. But sometimes, full sentences are there that were not there before. Okay? And so, um, what happens is, people who are way smarter than me, they look at manuscripts that are, are dated later, and they say, okay, this is here, and this is not here in these older manuscripts. Okay? And so we're going to put it in there, but we're just going to put it in the bottom because we want to keep this as close to the original as possible. And that's what happens. And so that's why some of your versions have the verse there, but it's just in the bottom. It's not in the main text. Okay? It's called textual criticism. And it's just where they say this may or may not have been there in the original, so we just want to be careful and we want to keep it close. Um, and it really doesn't matter what the verse says. The verse is actually a very beautiful verse when you go to read it. It's just people that are trying to be careful about the way they translate. And, and by the way, I just want to say, I actually figured there would be more people here with the King James Version, the old one. And I, want, I just want to let you know right off the bat, I'm not here arguing for or against it. I love it. Um, I think it's a beautiful poetic wonder. But all I want to do is I want to say two things, okay? First of all, it is good that we have multiple Bible translations, okay? And I'm going to say that again. Uh, some of you guys may disagree with me, but I'm, I'm going to make my case, and you can disagree with me in love, and I'm, I'm good with that. We're absolutely fine with that. It is good that we have multiple Bible translations, okay? And the reason is, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Catholic Church uh, of old, they would actually chain the Bible to the pulpit 
and it would only be in Latin because they did not want the common folk to read it. It would not be in whatever common language of the area that, that was going on there. No, it would be in Latin. They did not want people to be able to read it. They wanted to be able to tell them what it says. All right, multiple Bible translations by multiple scholars, they keep each other honest, okay? And it's good. They keep each other on their toes. They keep each other giving us the word correctly as it should be. I cannot read Greek, which is our New Testament is in Greek. I cannot read Hebrew. So I am literally at the mercy of these Bible translators to make sure they're getting the word to me correctly. And I, for one, am happy that we have multiple translations out there that are looking at this and looking critically at this to make sure I get the word in its purest form. Okay, now also, I want to show you one other thing. We can trust this word because we have, this might be mind-blowing, we have over 25,000 New Testament manuscripts. That is, that is insane, y'all. That is awesome that we have that. 6,000 of those are Greek. About 10,000 of those are Latin. So those are, those are a little bit later manuscripts. But y'all, 25,000 manuscripts that, that we have in possession to validate this word right here. Now, I'm going to put this into context for you. The closest thing we have is by a man named Homer that you may, re- you may remember hearing about in school. He wrote, uh, I think the Odyssey was one thing that he wrote, but this, his uh, Iliad, which is the history of the Trojan War, we have 1,500 manuscripts in total. That's the second, and it's not even a close second. 25,000 manuscripts we have validating this word as truth. Okay, so uh, you can take it to the bank, and you should take it to the bank. You should trust it because it is trustworthy. It is true, and it's and it's it's for your good. Um, so uh, definitely, definitely trust the word of God. Um, and uh, finally, I want to say this: um, we can rejoice, and we should rejoice in revelations that we receive from the word. And I want to show you what happened here. Uh, when the eunuch, he found himself rejoicing in his uh, revelation. Let's go ahead and read. Um, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. This is verse 35. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? I'm going to go ahead and read verse 37 at the bottom of mine. Uh, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized the eunuch. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And the eunuch went on his way, doing what? Rejoicing. He was rejoicing, and y'all, this was all because, all because of his revelation about this scripture. It all started with this scripture. It all started with his time in the Word. You have a few key characters at play. You have the Ethiopian eunuch reading Isaiah 53. You have Philip listening to the voice of God and going whenever God says go. And so he goes, and he comes in contact with the eunuch. The eunuch's reading the word. What does this say? How can I know what this says? And then Philip shows him, hey, this is all about Jesus right here. And the eunuch is saved forever. And y'all, historical tradition says that the eunuch went back to his home country and founded a church there. 
And it's also been said that that church is still in play today. That church is still active and living today. All because, all because of this revelation from the Word. And I can rejoice in that, y'all. I can rejoice whenever I see somebody come to faith uh, because of a revelation uh, from God's Word. Y'all, maybe... Uh, I, I titled this message, I forgot to say this at, at the beginning, but I titled this message, By Chance or By Choice? Because the question that came to my mind is, was it just by chance that, that Philip showed up and, and by chance that the eunuch was, was reading the prophet Isaiah? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that this eunuch made the choice uh, to get in the Word. And I want to guarantee to you, I want to guarantee to you today that if you make the choice to get in His Word, there is a huge chance... Uh, probably somewhere definitely near 100% that he will reveal something to you. He will reveal himself to you and he will res- reveal revelations to you and show you big and amazing things that will leave you absolutely transformed. You know, another question uh, that honestly I get asked a ton, uh, especially maybe even at the jail or something, I, I get asked questions like this just, um, you know, whenever, whenever I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, um, you know, does, does God speak to me in dreams? That may be something you've asked before. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not at liberty to say uh, yes or no that God does not speak to you in, in dreams or not. But what I am here and I can say with the fullest of assurances, uh, there may be a chance that that happens. But listen, if you read it from this word right here, you 100% are hearing from God himself because he signed this book with his signature. So you can take that to the bank. Even more so than any kind of dream that could seem like the realest thing to you. Y'all, this word is so precious and so good, and it's for our good. Absolutely for our good. Um, by the way, I, I want to share this, uh, and I don't know how I forgot. Y'all remember me talking to you about uh, my friend Jamie uh, that I've been talking to, my atheist friend I've been, I've been kind of witnessing to? Let me tell y'all, so this, week, this week, I've been talking to this guy every week, and I want to tell you, something happened uh, and I called Jeff Hill about it immediately. A while back, uh, a while back, he told me he was going on a diet and he was going to quit drinking those drinks that I was giving him. And I told Jeff, I said, you tell me the devil ain't real. Going to put this dude on a diet when I'm over here giving him a drink to, to share the gospel with him. But, but listen, he allowed me to go ahead and share the gospel with him anyway, uh, regardless, uh, with, with or without the drink. And I thought that said a lot. But y'all, this past week, I was sharing the gospel with this guy. And he said... And I quote, he said, you know, I'm not going to say there's not any God because I think that would be kind of stupid. And, y'all, I thought that was amazing. I, I Honestly, I, I ran out of there shouting. I called Jeff. I said, you won't believe what dude said. And in the moment, I didn't even, it didn't even hit me. But uh, when I got in the truck, I was like, what did he just say? Y'all, I, I love it. I love being a willing vessel because I get to see things like this that just blow my mind. And it's just amazing, y'all. And, um, but, listen, what I, what I want to say to you is make time for the word. Okay, because time impacted by the word will absolutely change the remainder of your journey. Just ask the eunuch. That chariot ride was not the same. Not anymore. His entire journey was affected and affected greatly. All because, um, all because he was in the scripture and because God sent him a revelation in the form of a willing vessel. Guys, Philip, Philip was just that. And now, by the way, I want to I remind you, this is not the apostle. It's not the disciple Philip. Okay, this is a guy that in Acts chapter 6 was appointed uh, to just tend to the churches in the area. Uh, and so this is, this is Philip the evangelist. He's just, y'all, he's just a common guy who loves the Lord. That's all it is. He is, number one, a willing vessel, and number two, he knows the Scripture. 
So it is very important that you know the scripture so that you too can be a willing vessel. Y'all, that's one thing that kept me from having conversations with people about the Lord uh, early on in, in my faith in the infancy day. I'm still in the infancy days, but in the even more infancy days of my faith um, in Christ and, and learning about him, that would keep me because I didn't know. And I, I knew I would get in a corner and I'd get messed up because I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not in the word like I should be. But y'all, now, now I'm in the word. Maybe not as much as I should be, but y'all, I'm in the word. All right, and time in the Word has greatly affected the remainder of my journey, just like the eunuchs. And now I can be a willing vessel and I can be prepared because I know what I'm talking about. And so, um, guys, I want my prayer for you is that you will take time in the Word, you'll trust in the Word, and you will ultimately be transformed by the Word. And we can rejoice together in your revelations from the Word. I love nothing more than to get a phone call uh, from Brother Stacy or Jeff, or, or another friend I have named Josh, who's a youth minister, and we would just call and talk about Scripture. And he'll say, man, I, the Lord spoke this to me in this, when I was reading this Scripture, and it is awesome, and I got this, this revelation, this understanding uh, from this passage, and it just blew my mind. And, y'all, I love that. Pumps me up because I turn around and do the same thing to them. Uh, and so definitely make time to be in the Word, but also, also my prayer I think this should be all our prayers, that we never forget the true word of God, the one who was with God and was God. You know what I'm talking about. The one who became flesh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Y'all, the ultimate revelation of God. We knew a little something. We knew a little something about God in the Old Testament. But y'all, God clothed himself in flesh and came down to meet with us. We knew him personally. We get to know him personally through the person of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's never forget, we have, a, we have a book. We have a book. I want my prayer to constantly be that God would show me in this book the person more and more, more and more deeply. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. The eunuch, the eunuch had the book, and Philip showed him Jesus. Guys, make sure you make time for this word. Make sure you're transformed by this word. Make sure you know the true word of God. Make sure you know Jesus the one who became flesh and took on sin and death on the cross for you. He's the ultimate revelation of God. We have this book, but I'm telling you there's a person. There's a person that the eunuch met, and there's a person that you can meet right now. Absolutely right here.